We will move now to chapter 24 and we will read verse 1 to 9. Acts chapter 24 verses 1 to 9 for our God's word for today, devotional. Welcome to all of you and good morning. Let me read to you the text from our English Standard Version. And after five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullius. They laid before the governor their case against Paul. And when he had seen, or and when he had been summoned, Tertullius began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation. In every way and everywhere we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. So Paul was accused his, here as a troublemaker. So we asked this question, is Paul a troublemaker? Our story began by this team of Ananias, the high priest. He had the team from Jerusalem. They went to Caesarea after five days. And when they arrived at Caesarea, they asked that, they will be here because they are going to accuse Paul that Paul was a tr troublemaker. Let's remember that they always wanted Paul dead so that they planned an assassination plot against him. It failed because Paul's nephew overheard it and Paul's nephew reported it, it to the tribune. Now, in this theme of Ananias, the high priest, they were uh, accompanied or they brought with them Tertullius. And Tertullius was believed to be a lawyer. And he was their spokesman. The council needed him because they wanted to be sure to present their case effectively before the governor. So Tertullius began his statements by flattering the governor. And this was always the case in a Roman court. Tertullius said, since through, your, through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation. In every way and everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. This was really full of flattery. In history, it is said that Governor Marcos Antonius Felix was a former slave. Historians suggested that this experience had inspired his cruelty. Claudius Caesar, the emperor of Rome, made him governor from about AD 52 to AD 58. In two years, after continual complaints to Caesar from the people of Caesarea, Nero will replace Felix with Portius Fistus. And we can read that in verse 27 in this chapter, Acts 24. Now, there was a mention about the peace that Felix kept 
during his term here. So the peace that Felix had kept due to his foresight was earned by him because he viciously stamped down insurrections. So he was really cruel. They are at court now. I'm talking about the Sanhedrin Council. They are at court now because they considered Paul an insurrectionist. So because of this case, they presumed that Paul was the exact type of person Felix would norm normally treat with great prejudice. Furthermore, the Sanhedrin had emulated Felix by planning to assassinate Paul. They unfortunately have much in common. So what Felix did to the insurrectionist, the council also had um, the plot to assassinate Paul, being a nuisance, being a troublemaker. It was on this basis that Tertullius sadly argues he should be stamped out. Paul must be stamped out as well as he will be removed completely because according to him here, he steers up riots throughout the whole world. Paul to them was a plague. He was a troublemaker. Yes, Paul was a public menace and a cult leader according to their eyes. And according to them, he committed a capital offense against the Roman law by defiling a religious structure. But we know for certain that there was no sufficient evidence. It was just a hearsay. It was just a slanderous attack. There was no doubt that the elders of the Sanhedrin or the leaders of the Sanhedrin were troubled by Paul. Why? Because Paul preached the gospel and there was no other offense that Paul could inflict upon them except that Paul preached the gospel. According to Paul, he preached the gospel unto them without any reservation. He, he, he preached the gospel without apology. He just preached the truth to them and they were mad about it. Why is it that they, they were mad over preaching the gospel? Because the preaching of the gospel or the cross for them is very offensive. It's a stumbling block. The cross is a stumbling block to the Jews because of a commonly held view reflected in the book of Deuteronomy. Let me read that in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 to 23. If a man guilty of a capital offense is put to death and you hang him on a tree, his core, his dead body shall not remain on the tree overnight. You must bury it the same day. Anyone who is hanged is a curse of God. You shall not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as a heritage. In other words, some Jews would not abide the fact that Jesus died on a cross because they saw this as a sign that he was cursed by God. And because of that, he could not be a Messiah. And they didn't realize why Jesus died on the cross as a curse because he carried all the sins of mankind. And Paul had affirmed this, that he was crucified, or Jesus was crucified, to the church of Galatia later, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, when he quoted, Cursed be everyone who hangs on a tree. So Paul did not deny that Jesus was crucified, but 
these people did not understand why Jesus was crucified. Paul was unequivocal in preaching the cross. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Although it stirred the Jews, although it was not pleasant to the ears of the Jews, he has to preach them because there is no other powerful preaching except the preaching of the cross. Because the gospel is the only powerful message to save those who are lost to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. So we see here that the truth really hurts the enemies of the gospel. So what does this mean for us today? Today we should be ready to respond to those who may persecute us for just preaching the gospel, the pure and undefiled preaching the gospel, and because we live godly lives in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, that if indeed we live godly in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will suffer persecution. And Jesus has warned us that this will happen. He said that in John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. So we ask this question, what do you expect from people who love darkness than light? Thus, Paul exhorted us in the book of Ephesians, verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So when we preach the gospel, when we are going to declare the gospel to people, it will expose their, their sinfulness, it will expose that they, they are sinners. And that's true because they will not be encouraged to believe the gospel unless they will realize that they are desperate sinners. So let me close by saying this, that the preaching of the gospel is like flashing the light at the dark places. And because the the light will remove the darkness, will, will dispel the darkness. It will expose the sins of people. It will expose those who are nocturnals, that they are not, they don't love the, the light. They want that they will continue to do what they are doing in darkness. So because the light will remove or dispel the darkness, they either Either the light will frighten or anger those who are loving the darkness. So this is the reality if we are going to proclaim the gospel to the dark world. People are happy to know that they can be forgiven of their sins. To those who are broken and desperate for the need of forgiveness, it's, it's a blessing. But for those who are enjoying in their sins, those who love to do and continue their sinfulness, their sinful lifestyle, they hate it. So that's what happened to these Jews who did not want to believe the gospel because they want to continue in their old religion. May God remind us through these words this morning. Let's not be surprised, but be ready 
that these are the realities that we have or we need to to be aware of as we continue to be faithful in serving the Lord. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. We recognize your Father that the light is not readily acceptable to people who are loving the darkness rather than light. But Lord, nevertheless, we are going to preach the light because this is the only way that people will be helped. People can find hope. People can really see the, their need of Jesus. They need to repent of their sins and believe on Jesus and be saved wonderfully. So help us, Lord, to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel as well as in living the gospel. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.